Welcome to the Gorilla Social Work Podcast, your crackerjack clinical insurgents pitting evidence against anecdotes. duo of psychotherapy, the forensic aficionados, the Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson of the criminal justice system, Jeff Satan's Beard Moore, and Mace Warren. Today we've got a juicy one for you folks. The title of this episode is Revenge Porn. You know it's going to be a wild ride when we dive into the depths of human behavior and technology. Revenge Porn, it's like the Pandora's box of the digital age. We'll be reviewing the latest research on the topic, discussing the psychological aspects, and of course, providing our personal take on the matter. Today's five-star rating is brought to you by VillainsGoneMad.com, introducing the all-new line of supervillains named after mental health disorders. That's right, because nothing says entertainment like turning serious conditions into supersized, supervillainous fun. Meet our first villain, Crippling Depression. He'll make you feel like a never-ending rainy day. With powers of lethargy and melancholy, he's sure to put a damper on your day. Next up, say hello to Rapid Anxiety. She'll keep you constantly on edge, making every mundane task feel like a life or death situation. Can you feel your heart racing already? And don't forget our fan favorite, Invisible PTSD. You won't see him coming, but you're sure going to feel the emotional scars of your past haunting you at the most inconvenient times. But wait, there's more. Order now and we'll throw in Paranoid Schizophrenia as a bonus supervillain. He'll keep you guessing who's real and who's a hallucination. So why wait? Bring a little chaos into your life with our supervillains. They come with a lifetime of therapy bills and a guarantee to make your friends and family question your choices. To order your very own mental health themed supervillains, visit our website at www.villainsgonemad.com. That's www.villainsmad.com because why should therapy be the only option when you can have supervillains? And now, on with the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so by the next time, by the next time we do one of these, which would be, I don't know what, mid-October, you should be in an eye patch, right? I will be. Dude, that is so sweet. I'm going to look cool. Are you Are you kind of excited about it? You know what? It took me a minute to <clears throat> wrap my head around it, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a good opportunity to look awesome. Yeah, because there's no, uh, like, it, what what's the diagnosis, by the way? Melanoma. So, uh, oh, fun fact, by the way, huh. I talked to my, um, I just, uh, I just did my annual checkup. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Like I'm only getting better with age. Like it was, of course, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, um, I, I was just kind of telling him that I do normal, you know, like, uh, um, I don't know, skincare checks with my dermatologist yeah. once a year. And he was asking, well, why do you do that? I was like, I don't know. I thought you're supposed to, you know, um, and I had a couple little things cut off me every now and then, you know, you've been through it yourself. Well, not like that though. I have, I may have had melanoma. I've had like those basil. So yeah, that one, I love that one time when they cut something out of my head and the girl's like, well, we're going to have to shave your head. I'm like, no, we are not. <laughs> I'll uh, take the yeah. cancer. I was like, uh, I'll let that sucker grow. Yeah. I was like, the top of my head <laughs> looks like the face of sloth off of Goonies. You have like, a messed up head. Oh dude, it's, it's 
super lopsided. Oh. Yeah, I can never, I can't have that. So I was like, you can shave that one part and I'll deal with it, but you're not shaving my whole head. You're crazy. <laughs> you're like a potentially life-threatening illness. You're like, I can't, I can't yeah. look silly. <laughs> she was cool about it, but no, it was like the basal cell carcinoma yeah. or something like that. And then they just cut it out and everything was fine. But, but I, I, my doctor told me that Utah is second only to Australia in terms of the prevalence of melanoma. Did you know that? I sure didn't. In the world. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. And I asked why. Yeah, and I was why? like, we just saturated with gingivitis here. <laughs> is that what it is? It's an overabundance of gingivitis? A lot of white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but Guys and gals. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's where, why. Where did you hear that? From my, from my uh, primary care physician. Yeah. Not my dermatologist. No. Oh. No. Dr. Sharman. But I, I believe. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Sharman. I, I, I believe what he's saying. So well, I'm doing my best to try to get Utah to number one. Going to overthrow Australia. <laughs> st- and, and it has to, I think, it has to do with elevation, too. Elevation has something to do with it. I guess if you're closer to the sun. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, man, I learned. But that's, dude, that's so sweet though. Because like I said, the only person that I've ever known to have an eye patch lost that shit to diabetes. Right. And once I found that out, I was like, like if you lose your eye to a, a knife fight, like mm-hmm. dude, I'm down. That's like that amazing. is sweet as yeah. a daisy. But if you lose it to diabetes, I'm like, oh, man. I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't have the same punch. Yeah. Same pizzazz. Yeah. yeah. It's like sugar. The cancer's really? not really cool either, though. Well, I, well, I mean, at least it's better than, I don't know if we're comparing diagnoses here, but it's better yeah. than diabetes. I don't know if better is the word. <laughs> better? <laughs> not More gnarly, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, gnarly. Yeah. But it's pretty good survival rate, though, yeah? Yeah, it's, I'll, be, right? I'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. Because yeah. that's like, I mean, everybody's like, oh, my God, it's yeah. cancer. I'm like, it's not like that kind of cancer, is it? You know? Because there's like. Cancer, uh, well, and then there's a cancer. Well, this is the type of cancer, but it has to get to a certain depth. So I guess uh, I'm going to screw this up, but I think it's two millimeters. Mm-hmm. If it's it's less than two millimeters thick, and so it's like nowhere near where it would spread to my lymph nodes. I guess if it's more than two milli- millimeters thick, that's when it gets to your lymph nodes. That's when you're done. That's oh, when, okay. Yeah. So it's it's super fit. If I just chilled with it and let it go, then yeah, it'd be lights out. Yeah. Okay. okay. Eventually. But so they're going to, and what are they going to, so they're going to cut the skin off. What are they going to replace the skin? They're, oh, dude, is it possible to just leave it? Like have an open eye socket? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. two face off Batman. Can you do? I mean, actually, you know what? That's bro. a good point. Halloween's coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really. Halloween's coming. At, at I was going to be a pirate. At this I, point, we're halfway. How how pretty do you need to stay? Dude, the doctor point? told me that. Yeah. The doctor's like, I'm not going to make you any uglier. <laughs> You're like, all, yeah. Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I never had a doctor talk shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So where's the, where's the extra skin coming from? Um, the, the, my upper eyelid and the back of my ear. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Why so, the back of the ear? Weird thing is this dude at Weber County Jail on Saturday, he had the exact same thing that I'm going to have. He, mm-hmm. So it's a three-part surgery. Mm-hmm. And he's had part one and part two, which sucks because like the, the what else? Oh, ex- wait. He's a ginger too, right? I don't know. He's an older guy. Might, oh. might have been ginger at one point. Oh, okay. Oh, he has white hair now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But the, so- Surgery number one is they cut out a big chunk of my lower eyelid. Surgery number two is they do the skin graft. And when I have the skin graft, I'm going to have like skin that just it it's going to cover half my eye like a like a flap. Like it looks like a like a webbed like a like a duck's webbed foot over my eye. Nice. Yeah, it looks freaky. Yeah. But 
then I'll, that's what I'll, so, I'll, but I'll have a patch on for that. I might, I might do a big reveal in the podcast. Like, yeah. Look. Yeah, dude, that'd be you know? sweet. You, hold on though. You're not going to get, you got to get a cool eye patch though. I do. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a black eye patch. No, what, dude. Are, the, what are my options? I mean, we got to look on like Amazon or something or like to get Etsy. like a, a, yeah, a badass one. What's you know a what badass I mean? eye patch? Um, black, not, black not just is, a normal, that's pirate shit. No. I'm talking about like that Dennis Hopper eye patch off Waterworld. Well, could you like a like, Dennis Rodman one? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Hopper from Waterworld. Yeah, you can get Hopper yeah, Rodman yeah, one. Get, yeah, <laughs> get the Hopper Rodman eye patch. No, there's ones that like, or there's there, there's one on like this Attack on Titans chick wears too that are pretty sweet. Yeah, the normal one, come on. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, well, yeah, I, I, I that's an it, easy yeah. that's an easy thing to get. So you look up hey, an eye listeners, patch for me. Get on board, though. It's easy to get on board with. Like, you know how there's there's people shave their heads out of solidarity. Yeah. You know, we can all wear an eye patch for like how long do you have to wear it? Four weeks for like for one month. Right. And after we get all in car accidents, then gorilla we'll, social <laughs> workers, I would be I would be touched. Yeah. <laughs> Send your pictures yeah. to, to, to yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. Like, Speaking one. of sending pictures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Hey, seg- uh, yeah. Good segue. Yeah. yeah. So uh, tonight we're talking about uh, revenge porn. Oh. OK. You know what? I was thinking about this. I am so fortunate to just have the mentality of like. I I would I get maybe this makes me a prude or something, but I would I would be so embarrassed to because I know the concept of revenge porn, but like the idea of filming myself engaged in sexual activity and then posting that I would like feel so bad for whoever watched them, how bored <laughs> they would be like, you're, you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like thinking of their like experience watching you. I can't, I really, that's it. As I was going through some of this stuff, I couldn't wrap my mind around it because I'm like, like a few things I, I was just thinking, it, it reminds me of like, if you were, if you were ever at a, a concert, like we were just watching that video of a concert and you know how people will literally pull out their phones and video the entire concert yes. rather than just being, being in the it, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, what's the over under on you ever watching that video again? Like I would I, say most people never even look back at it. I had to ask myself that once because I, I used to at least get a good few songs mm-hmm. and but I never watch it. So yeah, yeah I just and it's just taking them. Yeah, I was just like the, yeah, yeah, just because because it's super annoying, right? And then and you're watch it, it's crazy how people do it. They like watch the concert through their video right. that's on there. I'm like, what are you doing? I, I I've done it until I had a moment of self reflection of what I was doing. I felt completely silly. And yeah. Now, now I've been good since. And, and, I haven't and, been that and guy. And even then like pictures like at a concert don't really do it justice because no. like the, the lighting's all off and you like kind of have to explain it's like and who are you going to show those to? Like who are you going to show? Nobody. No one cares. Right. Exactly. I, I think what happens is like concerts are fun and so like you're having a great time you want to capture the experience but the, a, a photo or even a video for that matter doesn't capture the experience. I can't. Well, it's it, a live event. It has to be. I can, can you I can't even watch a concert on like YouTube or something. I mean I the there's a there's a pretty sweet like um, Enter Sandman 1991 uh, is a there's a great video of that. Oh, but, is that the demo video? Yeah, yeah it's the demo. Yeah, <laughs> or and Creed shreds. Yeah. No, but, but you create a demo video for your song. Yeah. You're like, how many, you're not even yeah. got a record deal, and you do a demo yeah. video. It's what a waste of time. Basically, they didn't really do. We're just making that up, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, dude, I was thinking like. Okay, and may, this kind of ties into this though a little bit because if you think about it, 
Um, neither you or I have any like, I mean, I, I, I think you have a little bit of social media. I have zero. And so, and I certainly don't think, I don't think you do a whole lot of self-promotion on your social media, like to that degree, because that's essentially what that is. Like, you know, if you're on Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever it is, these are just advertisements of yourself, mm-hmm. right? That's all you're doing. That's and, part of the problem that social media creates in society. Well, right. And mm-hmm. I, and I'm, and by the way, I'm not like talking shit on it. I'm just saying that that's essentially what it is. Like, don't try to pretend it's anything else. And if you dig that, and if you dig people paying attention to you as a result of that, like likes or, or whatever, are pokes still a thing? We've both been guilty of it though. Remember MySpace? <laughs> oh dude, no, yeah. no, no. I, I was, I'm not saying I'm, I'm exempt. Yeah. I'm saying I, back when my, yes, I, on MySpace, I had that. And then I was, <laughs> I remember like the amount of time and effort that went into like putting that on. And then, and I was like, why am I doing this? Like it did. Yeah. And I just did now again, that's my personal take. I'm not criticizing anybody who does this. You dropped out of social media early though. Really early. You were one of the 2008 yeah. was the last time yeah. I deleted everything in 2008. Yeah. So, um, and I haven't done anything since and I don't, and I don't have a need to mostly because I'm just so busy, you know? And plus I don't want people to know what I'm doing. I, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm up to crime or anything. I'm just, <laughs> you know, if I was, if, so I get it. Like if you're, if you had that concert, like I saw some, you know, girls all dressed up in their, I don't know, EDC gear, mm-hmm. you know, all their electric Daisy carnival gear. And they were at Armin Van Buren and I could see, cause they have lights on them and everything. That might be a cool video to, you know, do a selfie thing and then post that on like Instagram and, and, and your friends to see it. That'd be cool. You know? I, so I, I kind of get the appeal for it, but at the same time that, that constant, um, like, uh, I guess, uh, need to, to, for reassurance or for affirmations as a result of posting on social media kind of ties in a lot to do with why revenge porn even exists at this point. Right? What do you mean? Well, I mean, think about it. So it's not how I described it is not how it happens, by the way. Like, um, it, it's not, I videotape myself and then, and then shamefully I upload a answer. That's usually <laughs> not how it is. It's usually, um, well, in fact, here I, I wrote down, a I wrote down a, uh, a definition here and this was from an article is called revenge porn, a critical content analysis of the nation's laws and reflection upon social science research. This was published in the journal of criminology, criminal justice, law and society. And I'll put the link to this in the show notes, but it says revenge porn also known as non-consensual pornography or image based sexual abuse refers to the sharing or distribution of sexually explicit images or videos of an individual without their consent, typically with the intent to harm, embarrass or intimidate the subject. So, I, I suppose the the typical uh, strategy in this would be I'm dating, you know, a young lady or a young guy, whatever, and I ask them for a nude, right? I ask them for a picture. They send it to me, and then either right then or as a result of us breaking up, I decide to get back at them by uploading that. And they have like revenge porn websites, and in fact, there's we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but some sites are just, you know, or you just put it on, I don't, I assume Facebook or Twitter or something like People that. People blast it out toward the person's family, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then use that to like, you know, I, I suppose you could use it for all kinds of things. Could just be shame, could be blackmail, straight, straight up embarrassment or yeah. Or I could ask for something as a result of that. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, 
I don't I don't think like people are filming themselves and then posting that. No, it's it's yeah, you it, it's it's usually someone uploading pictures that were meant for them. Yeah. In a with the other person having a reasonable expectation of privacy. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even then though, dude, I don't know. And maybe it's just I'm not old. I'm not old. It's gen- no, it's a generate, dude. We're 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 one foot in and one foot out of the digital age with when we were born. So we we had the luxury of not being completely consumed mm-hmm. with that. So uh, I would yeah. But if you ever like, I mean, like think about it like this. I I have a hard time even. I wouldn't even know how to. This is. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to how to ask for something like that. You know what I mean? Like anytime I've I've been dating a girl and she starts to, you know, I don't know, talk dirty. I'm like, this this is so foolish. Like I can't I can't even generate like a response. Like I and so I just leave it, you know? And then it like offends her that I I'm not responding. So let alone like I I I've had somebody say, "Hey, send me a picture of, you know, your <laughs> Your hee haw. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, never ever, dude. never ever would I do so. Like, the male anatomy is the most grotesque thing on planet Earth. Okay. And mine included. I would never send that over the internet just, just for the sake of the person, you know, even, even at their request. I feel like I'm doing them a disservice at yeah, that point. Yeah. But even like, ask, I wouldn't even know the step to say, Hey, send, what do you do? What send me a picture? Like, how does that, I don't even know how that goes over without me feeling super embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? And yet it happens and it's endemic. (laughs) There are lots of naked stuff floating around. Well, Right. And again, I'm not criticizing it. I'm saying, is that, is that a result of us? Like just not knowing, you know, what, I mean, just go jump into a pool without any water into it and just say, Hey, send me a naked picture. Is that how it goes? Or I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is it's not new, you know, it's yeah. not really that new. So it does go into this. It says this article, uh, acknowledges that, uh, revenge porn relatively new issue in our culture, but it actually dates back to the 1950s. So I don't know if you knew this, but 1953 Marilyn Monroe's picture was published uh, nude and it was associated with Playboy, and she never gave consent for that to happen. Huh. So I don't know if that's revenge porn necessarily, but I mean, kind of says this kind of under the umbrella of non of like non consensual. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and kind of a summary here on the abstract was, you know, despite this being around for almost seventy years, we still don't know much about you know about it or how it's dealt with it by the law. So to understand it better, this this study that we're reviewing today, we're reviewing two studies uh, related revenge porn and also checks out the limited research available. And kind of what they found was that while some new revenge porn laws are you know of interest, most of them don't match up well with how this crime happens. So in other words, hmm. they're kind of unclear, inconsistent. So, you know, like a lot of things, the conclusion is we need to think more about these findings and, you know policies for future research so there, there's not really a, a conclusion which we'll kind of get into some of these things um, if you're yeah and if you're going a particular direction don't let me step on your toes but that's the thing i've been wondering is like what do we even do with this as treatment providers we we just have to be careful here but like we've had a recent referral for that and it's not a registrable offense mm-hmm. it is either a misdemeanor or a felony i think depending on severity but like there's no 
that I'm aware of. There's no data to like show risk and like, what is it we're preventing? It's not a, it's not a sexual offense. It's a, it's an offense that where sex is the tool. Like, I don't really know how to think about it from a treatment provider perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess criminal thinking we would work on, but like beyond that, it, it's not like, I feel like if we took somebody that was referred to us because they engaged in revenge porn or something mm-hmm. that like, it wouldn't make sense to take them through the curriculum that we have. Maybe, maybe not parts of it. Well, but it's more like, cause even, even a lot of like, uh, okay. So, we use a tool, an actuarial risk assessment called the Static Ninety Nine, right? And if you and they they kind of uh, show this category A offenses, category B offenses, and category A offenses are, are offenses that we look at and say, okay, this is this is what would be considered, you know, a sexual offense. Whereas category B offenses are certainly in the in the ballpark, but don't necessarily qualify like peeing in a park yeah and this and this and this fits under a a category b offense does it i mean it makes sense that it does but like has has it actually been i i haven't seen that on yeah i I believe so i mean we pull it up if we need to i mean like have you have you i mean i believe you i'm just saying have you have you like have you seen this on some of the risk assessment tools that we use where it is it called revenge porn? Like what? Um, that seems like a colloquial definition. No, I mean, so this is the one thing I was thinking about with this was like, okay, here's how I look at it. Like you change the age around, right? So you turn that into, you turn that into, um, it's now a, a child and clearly that changes the entire nature of it right oh, now yeah. you have a significant crime but honestly what what then is the difference there is it just strictly the age or what are the differences there i okay um at the time so can like with an adult that is a victim of revenge porn it could be argued that at the time the picture was taken the person had the capacity to consent to taking that picture for a specified person. Whereas with a child consent was never there from the get go. So Mm -hmm. the sexual act, the sexual act itself is, so it's like this, that the sexual act itself is what the crime is with like CSAM and, uh, distributing it is illegal for the same reason. Whereas it's, I guess an adult being like a, a picture of a naked adult on the internet isn't by itself illegal. It's the, did the person consent to it at the time it was taken? And then did the person consent for that to be broadcast? So I guess, I guess the difference would be when the sexual act or the picture of the sexual act went down in the moment was the person capable of consent. I'd say that's the difference because, okay. So yeah. So I understand what you're saying. So then essentially consent when the sexual act occurred was established consent was not established when this this picture was uploaded right at that point yeah whereas with child pornography consent was never established ever because it's you can't never on the table right so so consent was never there and 
I mean, the production of that material is illegal in and of itself. Yes. And then the distribution of that, obviously illegal in and of itself, uh, the consumption of that illegal in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, the gray area tends to be, I now possess this item and that's not necessarily illegal because it was given to me mm -hmm. consensually. I mean, maybe, I don't know. So we're just saying based on the, for sake of argument yeah. is given to me consensually. Um, and then, uh, and then, when I uploaded it, um, certainly I didn't have the consent of the other of the individual to do so. Um, but is that now a sex crime? Right. And that's the part I, I get so jammed up with here. Um, so category A offenses. Um, it involves sex. Category A offenses on here. Aggravated sexual assault. Attempted offenses. Attempted rape. Attempted assault, compelling the commission of any sexual offense, uh, including bestiality, incest. Or here, let's actually, let's do one of these guys. Um, nice, dude. Or other sexual gonna, behavior. Where are you at? Flashing on a webcam, regardless of it's compelled, right here. Conspiracy to commit category A offense. Contributing to the delinquency of a minor um, where the offense had a sexual element. Distributing obscene materials to minors. No economic moaning. Presume the intent is sexual unless clear economic motive. Covert photography, which wouldn't count um, for Ooh. sexual purposes. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh Exhibition is well. It says covert photography. Victim is being uh, is person being photographed. But if they took the picture themselves, it like a selfie, be, yeah, the, right? the person, yeah, in a covert photograph, the person mm -hmm. is once again not aware it's being. Exhibitionism. If the behavior involved no sexual motive, this was kind of kind of okay. Facilitating a sex offense with a controlled substance, um, forced oral copulation, forced penetration with a foreign object, incest, indecent exposure, invitation to sexual touching, internet luring. Mm -mm. Juvenile sexual tourism, um, traveling to another country in order to engage in sexual behavior, lewd and lascivious acts with a child, manufacturing, creating child pornography where an identifiable child was used in the process, uh, molesting of children, seeing phone calls, online solicitation, uh, paying for the sexual service of minor rape, requesting feces or urine uh, for the purpose of masturbation, sexual assault, sexual assault causing bodily harm. Sexual battery, sexual communication with a minor, sexual homicide, sexual offenses against animals, sexual offenses involving dead bodies, sodomy, and unlawful sexual intercourse with a minor, and voyeuristic activity. So Nothing. based off of that, it doesn't appear to right. meet a Category A offense. Um, and looking at this, it doesn't even look like it's in Category B offense either. Um yeah, it doesn't look, I mean, yeah. It's nowhere, right? Oh, well, right here. Um, oh. So category B offense, revenge or anger motivated behaviors with a sexual aspect, distributing obscene images without consent, such as revenge. Hey, Perfect. all right. It's a cat mm -hmm. nice. category B Good offense. call, dude. Yeah. Certain sexual behaviors right. may be illegal in some jurisdictions and legal in others. Count only the sexual misbehaviors that are, but, but even then though, How you, would you, if you have a category B offense, uh -huh. um, you know the the rules associated that with that would indicate that th this is not this is not a um, uh, this is not a an offense that I can now insert into a risk assessment right and start scoring for for purposes of determining risk right and if you don't have that then then treatment becomes really tricky because uh -huh. now you don't have a, a, a valid risk tool to then guide yeah, your, what are we addressing right you don't have to to guide your treatment planning. Or anything for that matter. So it, it kind of it kind of complicates this. Um, 
as far as these things go. Because the rule on here um, is if the offender has any Category A offense on their record, um, all Category B offenses should be counted as sex offenses for the purposes of scoring pri- uh, prior sex offenses or identifying the index offense. Category B offenses do not count for the purposes of scoring victim-type items, um, with the exception of victims for non-disclosure for HIV status. Static 99 should not be used with offenders who have only Category B offenses. Yeah, okay, so it's dead so, in the water. So yeah, so that's where I, I look at this and I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I, I I mean, I really. How do you drop a treatment plan other than just winging it? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, because the the intent behind that is the intent of the upload sexual in nature. No. Right. Or or is it? I want to hurt this person. Yeah. Right. So. Um, and I'm not trying to minimize hurt or it. exploit. No, no, no. It's, we we're, we talk about motivation yeah. for offense all the time. Mm-hmm. That's an that's an important aspect of what we do. And so, no, like, I mean, I guess there's cases where you could argue that uploading, you know, humiliating this this person maybe has a sexual component to it. But like, by and large, we're talking about uh, coercion, blackmail or just uh, just straight up just trying to hurt somebody. Get back vengeance. Right. And, and the other thing about this, and this is why you have to be careful is because, um, certain things like when you're scoring these, these risk assessments, like when Jeff and I have been trained on these, like one question that comes up on a regular basis is, you know, like, do you have any emotional identification with children? Do you go to like watch little league games and stuff like that? And I was like, Oh yeah, I do all those things. Right. Um, because I have kids, but that's different because you haven't been charged with a sexual offense yet. So if, if that's true, you shouldn't even be answering those questions or being evaluated under those criteria because you don't have a sexual offense on your record. So to be scored on it, you have to qualify. You have to have a qualifying offense for it to even, to, to even score it. Right. Yeah. So I, I think how this is categorized, at least as far as this goes, certainly there's some criminal thinking that we need to address there with the client, right? And it's we don't want to miss the mark in treatment because ultimately our objective is for them not to do that again, Yeah. right? But then if we go down the route of you're a deviant pervert sex offender, with then, it, then we do miss the mark. They're not going to have buy-in. They may just start jumping through hoops because we've said this is what you need to do. And, and it's not going to have the impact that we want. Right. So not to minimize it, but, you know, yeah, I think categorizing the law makes it kind of difficult. Thank you. Thank you. Out of here. <laughs> so the har- So it did talk about the harms, and I kind of summarized this part. Um, I put that basically this, this, this article says that revenge porn mainly targets women. Surprise, surprise. With around 60 to 70% of the victims being female. Uh, female victims often often endure social and professional consequences, and they're more likely to face physical, emotional, and sexual abuse as a result of those images being published. Oh, wow. I, I, w- I would imagine because they get socially ostracized or... That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. This form of harassment is long-lasting, pervasive, affecting victims' social and occupational lives. It leads to trust issues, lowered self-esteem, PTSD, anxiety, depression... And feelings of loss of control, similar to those experienced by sexual assault survivors, uh, victims describe the experience as torture for the soul. Wow, jeez. So, I mean, yeah, think about that, dude. Like, it. If you knew that videos or photos of you have been uploaded, then 
anytime you show your face in public or social, like you'd always be wondering, like, did that person smile at me? Cause they recognize me. Like it would be a, a constant, like it would screw with your mind. Yeah. Constantly. I think so. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I think also the violation of trust is pretty big at that point oh, yeah. because, you know, we've kind of talked about trust as, as a, as a two part system, right? Like whoever I'm, I'm going to choose to trust. They have to be trustworthy. They have to have qualities that say they're, they're trustworthy, but then I have to make myself vulnerable to them. Right. And it seems like that is pretty vulnerable. I send you a picture of me in the buff. God, about as vulnerable as it gets. Man. Right. That, yeah. Because the, and, and by vulnerable, what I mean is you're, you're giving them something that could harm you. And if they don't harm you and they, you know, use it for the purposes of what it was, which, which I assume is, is, you know, trying to, uh, excite your partner yeah, or, you know, like visual foreplay, flirting, I stuff like that, yeah. you know, just kind of, uh, make the relationship more fun and fulfilling. Yeah. Um, if they don't do anything with it, great. It's over. Right. Like then now it's, it's just showing that I can trust this person, but, um, yeah, they violate that. Like, it would be really difficult if I was in that position to trust anybody moving forward, you know, let alone just who cares about naked images of me, like just trust period. You know what I mean? Like it'd be really hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm trying to think. Yeah. So it's like the, the violation of trust, the sheer paranoia Mm -hmm. as you're going about day to day and, so it, do you know how it's scaled? I don't mean to keep making you look stuff up, but cause it's, it, I've heard that it's between both a misdemeanor and a felony depending on like severity. Yeah. The laws that I put on this, it's really weird because kind of the summary on this I wrote was, um, as revenge porn websites grew, uh, there were calls to make it a crime because it causes harm, obviously. Okay. Right. Um, initially only a few States like Alaska, New Jersey, and Texas had laws against it. And later, uh, there were 39 such laws in the United States. However, there are still gaps, challenges, legislative revenge porn. Um, so a lot of critics argue that these laws restrict free speech (laughs) and can be vague or hard to enforce. I think that second part, um, Mm -hmm. is a little bit better. The free speech thing seems, I mean, they're trying to use. Cause I mean, pornography falls under the free speech rubric. And so I, they're probably trying to wedge it in that way. Yeah. I mean, Cause that's, that's how that, that's how they've got that, how they have the porn industry beat obscenity laws. Right. Sure. The whole Larry Flint thing. Right. But, but the, but they, yes, the difference I think there is, is that all of those girls and guys that were in those videos not only consented to themselves being filmed, but they also consented to them being published as well. And like the second part of that, the latter is, is not present in this case. Oh, right. Cause yeah, because free speech isn't free when you're uh, like calling in like an act, you know, a call to violence or, you know, there's or libel slander. Like there's limits to free speech. Right. Right. And, and so that would be a limit. And also I think that, I mean, and it's almost like, yeah, because you now have an item that the person who it's depicting is totally on board with. Yeah. You know, um, I, I mean, think about this. Yeah. Okay. Think about it like this. I was thinking about it like this, you know, like, uh, <laughs> those, those goof videos where you're like, uh, you know, playing a prank on somebody yep. 
And regardless of like, I, I think of impractical jokers, right? And you're watching impractical jokers and, um, everybody in there that doesn't have their face blurred out has signed something saying that you, a release saying that you can use their image and publish it usually with some monetary gain as a result of that. Right. Um, in this case, that's not happening. Right. So, and, and even in those cases, you're, you're putting that out there and they don't have that release and they have to blur their image. So people can't be seen. Yeah. Whereas in this case, no, they just publish it. So I, that's where I have a hard time thinking they didn't consent to this. This person didn't release it. They didn't allow for that to happen. You know, they they sent it in a consenting manner to the individual and that person posted it, you know, just in an exploit exploitative way. The the free speech, I it doesn't seem like that fits the cat. It, the, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer. It just doesn't seem like the other areas of free speech would have been cited are consistent with what's happening here. I wonder if they also have anything to say about like <clears throat> ownership, like who owns the picture? Like once a photo has been taken and if that photo has then been sent, does the person that sends the photo with themselves in it, do, do they retain some type of ownership with them being in the photo? I don't think so. I think that you could make it. I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I would just say if you've sent a, an, a photograph of yourself to another individual and you meant to send it to him and you wanted them to have it, yeah. I think it's theirs now. You know what I mean? I, I wonder if lawyers <clears throat> argue that piece as well. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, and I'm not advocating for this. I'm just thinking of like, what are, what are the, what are the ways that the people that are defending, like, when I was like researching stuff to uh -huh. talk about this, um, when I'm just, you know, Google searching, you know, revenge porn laws in Utah. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Crazy shit. No, um, like the top three or four hits, it wasn't Utah law stuff. It was, uh, attorney websites uh -huh. and specifically for, if you have been accused of revenge porn, here's the defense in it. So, it's it, it it's obviously happened. It's obviously being prosecuted, but I'd be wondering like, see, we should have called those lawyers because because <laughs> I'm wondering what direction they take. You know, how do they defend? Well, it? they one thing is when it comes to the websites, like it says here, because there was a I, I pulled up a clip. We'll kind of show that here. But have you seen that um, documentary on Netflix is called Most Hated Man on the Internet? No, but I was listening to the I was listening to him talk about it, the Hunter Moore guy. Yeah, so it's worth a watch. No relation. Like, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, takes one to know one. Um, but but and you watch it, and within I don't know ten minutes, you're like, that's the biggest douche on planet. Earth. Was he? You know, oh yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um and you know, it, it just I I think about a lot and they go in depth into some of the cases and stuff like that. And I mean, it was just like, you just got an icky feeling about the whole thing. And it kind of makes a really good case for how this started to become pot, like starting to get itself like known to people and be, and, and a big part of that was one of the moms of the, of the daughters who were posted on there, but they were, so that section two thirty of the uh, communications decency act that, that kind of shields website administrators from liability, meaning that if I have a website, so for Hunter, this is kind of how he skated on that too. But even like for Twitter, for example, so you send me a picture and then I blast it all over Twitter. It makes it hard for victims to take any action against the site hosts for not taking it down. Okay. So mm. they, and 
And a lot of people will say, like even scholars will say this should be categorized as a sexual offense, would make which would make it cut and dry and easy, right? Um, and others others question if it's a crime at all. Like <laughs> I mm. I think if you're causing legit harm to another person, you know, you gotta be careful with this too, because it's like one of those things, you know, harm. I, I don't know. I can I can just say something, you know, and people can take offense to it. But but this seems a little bit more than than a, a person a re because I'm sure there's some reasonable clause that goes into this. Like a reasonable person would would deal with um you know some sort of the, those those things that we described to like occupational problems or being embarrassed or people making fun of them and follow up things like that. You know, it's because uh, we're trying to think like it. <clears throat> Is it the lack of consent that makes it wrong? Is it the sex part that makes it wrong? Because I was thinking like, if you, if I sent you a video of myself singing all the single ladies, you know, all like slathered in body paint, like <laughs> goose stepping through my living room or yeah. something embarrassing, you know, <laughs> like, like that's not sexual, weird as shit. I wouldn't want that out there, but would that be illegal? It, for like, me to post for it? you to post it yeah this picture that i sent to you i really wanted you to see me uh singing all the single ladies <laughs> <laughs> and like because it's i'm sending you something that is intended for you it it, it it's me in a very vulnerable state mm -hmm. it's not sexual but if if it would be legal for you to post that then sex is the operative variable that makes it illegal. Um, I, so this is kind of how I look at it. Like, um, imagine, imagine that, that I had, cause again, it turns into like a lot of those laws turn into like a, a reasonable expectation. That's a, that's language that you become familiar with. Right. So if I sent this to you and I had a reasonable expectation that you would keep it private and it it has um, it tends to lean towards having the ability to affect me occupationally, which this could in my example. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Or or turn it into like this. Right. Let's say you said, hey, keep this private. And then you sent a video of yourself saying a bunch of racial slurs, you know, with a, a Nazi flag hanging behind you. OK. Um, that could cause some serious damage to your life if I posted that on the internet, right? Oh yeah. Um, so I deleted that video, by the way. Thank you, appreciate so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but I think if you if you had a reasonable expectation of that of privacy, I think there's something wrong with that. Like certainly morally, it seems like there's something wrong with that, right? right. Um, legally, I I, I don't. There, there's areas where that falls into like I, you know, and, and I don't know exactly where that turns into like distribution or phone calls or anything like that. But if I had a reasonable expectation of privacy in, in a certain way, and then that privacy is violated and that can cause financial, occupational, you know, marital, mm -hmm. personal harm to me. Well, then now you're liable for that. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that causes problems. Um, so I, I, I think that, yeah, all the single ladies, I don't know, maybe you have a really good voice. Who knows? <laughs> so, well, let's see. Let's, I yeah, wanted let's... to see. So this is um, Dr. Charlotte Laws. Um, she, she wrote a book called The Fierce Mom. And the documentary is uh, Most Hated Mom on the Internet. And on that, 
it shows um, at the time that was all going down, Dr. Drew interviewed her and and Hunter. They kind of had a debate online. So it, it kind of goes over a little bit. Piece of, so this is 2022 and Dr. Drew is talking to her again. That's when the documentary came out, the most hated mm, man right. on the internet. So let's let's give it a whirl here. Ten people died in the Bronx last night due to... Oh, wait. Is this it? Ten people died in the Bronx last night due to a fire that killed ten people in the Bronx last night during a fire. Fire officials say all ten people died due to the fire, which was too hot for their bodies. <laughs> uh, that wasn't it at all. <laughs> Rewind, or play that again. <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, folks. <laughs> Quick detour. Play that again. Yeah. What? That was weird. Ten people died in the Bronx last night due to a fire that killed ten people in the Bronx last night during a fire. Fire officials say all ten people died due to the fire, which was too hot for their body. <laughs> Dude, yeah. isn't that life? <laughs> That's funny. What's that from? Uh, I, it's a, I, I don't know. I think I... I <laughs> I don't know. It took, it took me a minute. Like, hilarious. Wait, is, yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Um, Welcome, everyone. Very special guest today. We are. Oh, geez. Shut up, Dr. Drew. So this was let's cue this up here. Um, and uh, we'll go, I think, right about here is where I wanted to go. Yeah. OK, so he's getting into kind of the the legal side of this um and she gets into this was uh minute 12 um and this is uh asked dr drew show so we'll we'll look at what she has to say about this here and they talk about free speech and so on and so forth but he makes she makes some really good points right out that allowed you to do something with with this maniac well i mean my daughter was hacked and it was because she was hacked that we were that i was able to do something if it Otherwise, the only law that even could remotely help me was the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, because that's the only law that you know pertained at that time. And that's really for civil cases. So with somebody like Hunter Moore, it's not really going to do much because he was not afraid of civil since he had no money. He didn't care if he got sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I have since learned that the perps who do who put up and distribute revenge porn are very afraid of law enforcement, not civil cases. So that's why laws are really important. And I do support revenge porn laws. I definitely support the federal law. It's really important that we put something in place, which we don't have now. And the actual, the main obstacle has been the ACLU who does, believes that nude pictures are, are speech. And so they've been fighting us from day one. I totally do not agree with them. And now we also have the certain individuals in the, like the progressive side of the Democratic Party who are defund the police mindset, who do not want additional laws. They do not want more people to go to jail. So therefore, they're against it now. So according to Jackie Spear, who is the congresswoman who brought forth this particular federal measure, she says there's only a 4% chance that something's going to pass and she's retiring wow. after this term. So who's going to mm. you know, take on the banner? I have no idea. Is, is this something that could be handled on a state-by-state -state basis? Well, we have laws. We actually have laws now in 49 different states. And, um, but mm. the problem is, is that, A, most of them are misdemeanors. They're 
kind of a slap on the wrist. And secondly, <laughs> it's confusing. All the laws are different from one state to another. They told so, you know, if you have a, a victim in Georgia and a perpetrator in Utah. I guarantee it's Florida. <laughs> uh, you don't even know which law pertains. And South Carolina doesn't even have a law yet at all. South Carolina. So, um, I knew it was a southern state. It's very important we have a federal law and that it has some teeth to it and that it be able to be a felony, even if it's what you call a wobbler. A wobbler means that the judge could decide whether it's a felony or a misdemeanor, which is what we were trying to get passed in California, hmm. but we were not able to succeed. There okay. So, yeah. So, I mean... So she's obviously advocating for not just this to be uh, and maybe maybe what I was talking about earlier in terms of like a reasonable expectation of privacy. I, I mean, well, you and I both know, dude, you can sue anybody for anything on a civil side of things. Sure can. I mean, yeah, anything. Right. You, you just make something up and then they have to by the time it gets down to discovery, however many thousands of dollars deep you are into, you know, attorneys like you may decide. Oh, wait, if I do a cost benefit analysis here, if I just pay this person a little bit of money, you know, whatever it is, um, then that actually is less than what I would take to get this to a summary judgment. And certainly if I went to trial or something like that, and and it, it could be just made up out of whole cloth, which means you never get to discovery, which means their side never sees how preposterous their claim is. And so, you know, they're just basing it off of, you know, it, it, that their attorney said, oh, yeah, took him for what they said, and they, they go to that, which is crazy. So clearly, of course, on the civil side, you can sue anybody for anything. She's advocating for criminal, though, which means that, like, kind of what we're dealing with where you have a Class A misdemeanor, but she wants it to be a felony, too, right? Like, mm -hmm. a, probably a felony three, I would assume. I think. Um, on the lower end of the spectrum. And a federal law to boot. So that way there's not all the, like she's saying, if you have an, you know, an offender in Utah and a victim in Georgia that, you know, who gets charged with what if it's, I mean, I guess, well, I guess that would make sense that it would go federal then. But then that's crazy though. Cause then it's a federal offense. And I mean, I, I, I know people sometimes hear a federal offense, you know, like, Oh my God. Yeah, it's not. Uh, uh, it, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, sometimes I'd be like, man, if I was go to prison, I'd rather get a federal offense than like weird? a state. I know yeah. like a state one, but, um, and in terms of the time and stuff, I mean, at sixes, a lot of the times, you know, um, it's I, like the yeah. fed, you'll, you'll might do more time in prison, but your probation is going to be easier. Oh yeah. 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 State less yeah. time in prison. Your for probation sure. sucks for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know though. I mean, it, she makes a good case for it, but um, and she was fortunate, like in her case, because somebody had in, had hacked her daughter's computer and otherwise they wouldn't have been able to so get the, photos. the hacking was the that was the, what was illegal. But since then, she's advocated a lot of this because her daughter's image got out there and she had to still they had to go through this whole process that it was hacked to even get down to the bottom of it. It's a good documentary. It's a good though. mom. I love that. Yeah. She went after that dork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As, as a dad, I think I go about it a different way, but we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, plausible. Different set of laws would apply. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other article that we went over too, though, and I think this has a lot to do that the article was titled Development and Validation uh, of the Beliefs about Revenge Porn Questionnaire. And this was published in the Journal of Sexual Abuse. Um so what they basically did, the researchers for this, they created, validated uh, what was the beliefs about revenge porn questionnaires, mm -hmm. the BRPQ. It's hard to say BRPQ uh, to understand beliefs related to this offense. And 
so their questionnaire had four main areas, views on the victim, harms of the victim, preventing vulnerable behavior, and minimizing the offense. And they tested its validity by assessing traits like empathy, belief in a just world, dark personality traits, our favorite, mm-hmm. and the acceptance of rape myths. And they also found that the BRPQ uh, predicts both the likelihood of this offense and how people judge it after the fact. Um, so I think the reason why they did this is there's just limited data on public attitudes about non-consensual sharing of, of private sexual materials, which seems like if you were to get public sentiment in the right direction, you could get a, a more comprehensive or perhaps a federal law mm-hmm. passed on that. Cause it seems, um, I mean, there's certainly if we pulled a bunch, which is kind of what they did, but, uh, how people think about this definitely has, especially lawmakers, you know what I mean? But politicians, I look at them anymore and I'm just like, well, your number one job is to just get votes. So what your opinion is often doesn't matter. It would take the public getting fired up about it. Right. And yeah. then politicians would answer the right. call yep. because they need votes. Right. So, yeah. but I don't know. They, their methodology is they had a, they conducted online survey, 511 participants. They were recruited from social media, online research programs, uh, the participants had to be 18 fluent in English. Uh, they completed this. They were assigned either, uh, to a couple different studies had 91 items assessing beliefs about non-consensual sharing mm. of private sexual images. Uh, it was rated on a six point scale. I wrote down some of the questions Good. on here. Awesome. It was, uh, so you would rate this on a six point scale. If an individual isn't a virgin, then it shouldn't be a big deal. If sexual pictures or videos are shared of them. So they're kind of hitting up like the, you know, is it is this person morally loose and is kind of testing people's right. beliefs on that. Right. And I and this was on a six point scale, Likert scale, agree, disagree, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, another one. And this wasn't all of them, by the way, there was 91. I kind of just yeah, did the hits. Yeah. Um, it's not a big deal to share naked pictures of an ex who cheated on you. I know I have some clients I know that would endorse that. I, I think most wouldn't though. Yeah. They'd say that's messed up. Right. Yeah. Um, people who show off their bodies or post provocatively on social media deserve to be victims of revenge porn. Deserve. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that is, that's crazy. I mean, it, I, I guess what they're saying there is, is like, if you already have an OnlyFans account, you know, and like you're already putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. Just but then you send a, a more intimate, you know, thing to your boyfriend or girlfriend or something. And then they post it on there like, oh, you deserve deserve. That's a- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bypassing consent. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, uh, kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, if a if a person's sexually promiscuous, they then they deserve to get raped or whatever. Yeah. It's like that same kind of thing. Dude, can you imagine answering in the affirmative to this one? Victims of revenge porn should feel flattered that their images have been shared. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did people answer that? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah. You know well, I, mean? like, I got the results is, is a, here. Yeah, okay. Um, if a person shares sexual photos or videos with someone, then it should be seen as a fair game for that person's friends to also see the content. Fair game. See, I listen to these and like, I guess you've got the results and you'll read them. But when I hear those, it's like, it's almost like too obvious. Like what the, you know, the, the morally correct answer is it's, it's, but maybe people, do people believe that? Like, eh, you put it out there, fair game. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll go over the results. Oh, I know. But yeah, like, uh, yes, you know what I'm saying? Your mind is like, yeah, it seems like obviously, well, and I, I suppose because 
I just haven't been in the position to, to, I don't know, engage in such behavior. It's hard for me to have like a level of empathy where I have an understanding of it because uh-huh. like anytime it moves in the direction of, you know, like, Hey, you want to talk dirty? I'm like, shut it down. Like, I don't even, I don't even want to have this conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah. weirdo. Like, I'm like, because yeah. I mean, I, just the thought, like I would immediately crack up laughing. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right now I'm reaching in. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just start. I mean, I can't texting. What I, you're again, doing. I'm not judging it. I'm saying I feel yeah. like an idiot, like the idea that I'm going to say something because I would be thinking that they would look at it on the other end. And just, like, <laughs> yeah. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> idiot. <laughs> Does he know how to yeah. do this? Um, Usually, it is only individuals who dress in a sexualized way who are victims of revenge porn. Um, only what, what was she wearing? Yeah, that, yeah, that attitude, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, only individuals from working class communities commit revenge porn. Hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, the will to do don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those lesser things. Yeah, only you lesser things. Only you lesser <laughs> If a person has been sent pictures or videos of someone or had permission to take them, you can't really call it revenge pornography when they share when they are shared. Um, victims of revenge pornography enjoy the attention it brings. Oh God! And lastly, it cannot be classed as revenge pornography if the images or videos are shared by a partner. Hmm. It's almost like, you know, that common risky thinking assignment we have where it, it gives you like a cheat sheet of different risky thoughts that the average person that committed a sex offense has. Yeah. This is just basically snapped right from that. Yeah. Just kind of with like the, the digital component added it, to it. It did look like they just threw in a bunch of cognitive distortions. Yeah. yeah that's what it know, is. Yeah. And then people either agreed or disagreed. That's about exactly it. what it is. Um, so here's the results. The study found this, some, some connections between people's beliefs and their personality traits. Surprise, surprise. Uh, believing that victims of sharing private sexual images are promiscuous and thinking this can be avoided was linked to having less empathy and holding certain personality traits like believing in a just world, having dark personality traits, and accepting rape myths. Um, these connections were moderately strong, suggesting they matter. Uh, seeing victims as promiscuous also related to thinking victimization can be avoided, uh, but it was but it was connected to believing the victims don't suffer much harm. Mm. Um, believing people can prevent this type of victimization was tied to thinking it causes less harm too, showing a complex relationship between these ideas. So, <laughs> kind of going around like should, like sort of the you shouldn't have taken that picture like like a blaming thing like yeah, it's your fault because you took the picture. What do you expect? Like right. that type of mindset. Which I, I mean. Like, and that's silly too. You know what I mean? Like, again, this is kind of how I think about it. Like if you're, if you're engaging in behavior that is, that is intended to, to further or attend to the intimate relationship that you, or the romantic relationship that you're in, um, yet to me that, that seems like the intention was never, oh, Man, this is going to go on the internet one day. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. because I know I know the mentality, and I know people say, "Well, what you should have should have thought about that when you sent it." Come on, dumbass. Right. That that's not what goes through people's heads. Like, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking like, um, "I really like this person, and like I hope they enjoy this, yeah. and this is fun, and we're just having a good time." That's what they're thinking, right? They're not thinking, oh, because if they did think that, why are they even with him? 
Do you, do you realize the, co- right. the paradox yeah. that you've just yeah, created? Yeah, yeah, Like, right. if, if you, you're vulnerable enough to send a picture like that, but you but you wouldn't feel that, you wouldn't send it because you wouldn't feel vulnerable enough to send it if you thought that person was going to turn around and upload it. Right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So, like, if you yeah. ever was thinking, man, Jimmy would really like this, but he might post it on me one day. Okay, then don't be with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like that. So they're clearly not thinking about that. And asking somebody to think about that when they're, caught up in in the it's easy to monday morning quarterback this and be objective when you're not emotionally connected to the individual to whom you're sending the images that whole line of thinking that the you should have thought of that before x thing just so well, well right that's what i'm saying i'm just shit. saying that's so dumb to yeah. think that oh yeah blah, 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 yeah no shit but yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. that's that's not what's going through their head um their analysis revealed that l- lower empathy uh, stronger belief in a dress world and higher psychopathy and greater acceptance of rape myths predicted the view that victims are promiscuous, essentially that this is their their fault. Right. In contrast, when predicting beliefs about the harm suffered by victims, higher empathy, sadism and Machiavellianism, lower belief in a just world, lower psychopathy and lower acceptance of rape, rape myths were linked to thinking that the victims suffered more. Right. Which sure. Kind yeah. of all that adds up. Sense. Yeah. Um, and, dark and triad shit. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, these results highlight the importance of empathy and understanding the impact of victimization, as well as the influence of beliefs about the fairness of the world and certain personality traits on blaming victims. Surprisingly, only Machiavellianism and accepting rape myths predicted the belief that victimization can be avoided. Say that again. Oh, oh, Surprisingly, only Machiavellianism. And accepting rape myths uh-huh. predicted the belief that victimization can be avoided. Essentially, oh. what, oh, what okay. saying that that oh yeah, the victim just should have never sent that out, gotcha. or they should have never sent those images in the first place, right? Yeah, like, but which, which again, it's not surprising, I guess. Well, yeah, that kind of makes so, sense. Yeah. No, it, it, it does make sense. sense, but um, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess people listening to this, one thing I would hope is that you have a better under, uh, understanding of where this is, um. And I don't know. I don't know if they categorize it as a as a group A as a treatment provider. Damn, I just don't know. Well, did enough people? I know. Well, that's the thing. Like you were saying before, to be uh, categorized that way has to be written into law as a sex offense, and that's going to take the public making a big enough stink about it, such that the legislators, legislature, legislators, um, actually, uh, you know, create that type of legislation. So, like with these results. I guess that would inform how the public feels about it. I, I, I would operate under the assumption that most decent people understand why that's a, that's a no go and why it should be illegal. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Did did it, did it, did it give like percentages? Like did did most people agree? Um, well the, say that it's, well, the, the, um, did, did most people agree with what? Yeah. Sorry. Did, what was the consensus as far as um, the beliefs about revenge porn? Like, are most people saying like, yeah, it's bad. Um, Cause there's obviously people, there's obviously people that are endorsing it. There's going to be the people that. No, I don't think it, it, it didn't go into it. It didn't say 52% yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Nothing respondents like believed it was bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what no. I want to know. It did get into some policy implications, which um, which I thought, you know, kind of highlighted a little bit about what where to go from here. So. um, So 
one thing that would help with this is just legislative clarity. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So a lot of states, they've passed revenge, revenge porn laws based on the actions of the perpetrators, but some, they use term, they use vague terms like uh, distributes or posts. And this lack of clarity leads to confusion. And of course, any attorney, you know, worth their weight in gold or salt or what's that phrase? I think salt's pretty valuable. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, they're going to pick up on that and then, you know, use that to defend appropriately too, by the way. Right. Um, so, you know, using descriptive terms is helpful rather than than using vague ones. Um, technology awareness, too. And then, the, you know, this involves obviously electronic devices, which are ubiquitous these days. Um, not all states explicitly acknowledge this in their laws. Mm-hmm. So s- sometimes the states, they, they should incorporate that th- there is a technological component to this and that has something to do with it, even though they don't, you know, need to specify the types of technology, you know? So a lot of our language is just internet capable device, right? Which could be anything, anything. at this point, right? Yeah. Um, evidentiary burdens. So, some laws mm. imply guilt if the perpetrator knew or should have known the victim didn't consent. And this can lead to victim blaming questions, right? Which is what we want to avoid. Uh, states should ensure that individuals have a reasonable expectation of privacy yeah, exactly. and use clear language in their laws. That's why I'm, the evidentiary burden is, well, this person should have had a reasonable expectation of privacy, yeah. right? And I don't know how you prove that. You pr- I'm, right. I'm not an attorney, so yeah. I don't know. Um, severity of penalties. Revenge porn is categorized as a felony in fewer than half of the states and penalties vary widely. So some states do categorize it as a felony and there should be more consistency in the seriousness of these offenses um, and the associated penalties. Um, I know it's not registrable in Utah. No, I, that's the whole thing. I don't know if you would ever move it into the sexual offense realm, right? Because I, what I'm thinking about some of the concepts we do in treatment, I just don't think would apply to this. Certainly criminal thinking, cognitive behavioral therapy would certainly be right down the line of this. But, um, you know, the sexual component had the sexual offense stuff has a different success plan. wouldn't make sense. No, it wouldn't. Not, not at all. Um, Website responsibility was mentioned in that some states shield websites uh, from liability for hosting revenge porn content and websites should have procedures to address revenge porn, monitor content, allow users to report issues and cooperate with law enforcement. Uh, Legislation should hold websites accountable for due diligence. Again, that's kind of implied Um, victim care. State should explicitly mention revenge porn victims as eligible for compensation funds. Mm. You know, uh, assistance should go beyond financial costs, include psychological services. Threats of revenge porn should be treated with the same victim-centered approach that as the actual perpetration. And then lastly, they talked about image removal. Um, more states should include provisions for the destruction or removal of violating images in their revenge porn laws with clear guidelines and oversight. So that's kind of the direction that they said would, would help out with a lot of these things. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a vague thing. So it is. Yeah, it certainly. Uh, I mean, at the very least, we've established it's a dick move, right? Yeah, right. I think that's what we can settle on. <laughs> yeah. So, damn, that's a dick move. Your revenge bro. porn is a dick move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. GSW out. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind people getting charged with a crime for it. I really don't. Yeah. Um, but, but it, I think where that lands in the spectrum of a sexual offense versus non uh, gets a little murky. So, yep. I mean, I'll leave that to the legislators. But I don't know. I think yeah. we, I think we. Got everything out there. We got a master. Let us know what we missed, folks. Okay? So, until next time.